Hello everyone, uh, it's good to see you again. I hope you're having a great Thursday so far. Today is Thursday, uh, March 12th, 2020. And I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about the coronavirus. There's no question, as you all know, that it's dominating the headlines and it's really getting to the point now where it's, it's getting into our personal lives, it's getting into our schedules, it's getting into our plans. And, uh, you know, we need to talk about it. We really need to take a quick look at what the Bible has to say about things like this. And, and I promise you, this is going to bless you. You know, I was with my kids the other day and I take them to school in the morning and we're talking about this. They just canceled a school activity because of the virus. And so we're, I'm telling my kids, you know, some of the scriptures and my daughter, Eden, she's nine. She says, hey, you need to do a video about this. You need to tell other people the things you're telling us. And I thought, you know what? She's absolutely right. So let's talk about a few verses here because this is really going to help you because just very clearly the Bible is crystal clear that Christians can live in total and complete immunity to sickness and disease. And so let's start with this. This is Psalms 91. You've heard this before, I'm sure. Verses 9 through 11. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. So, you know, and obviously that's not all of Psalm 91. I encourage you to look at it, read it for yourself. It's phenomenal, of course. But let's focus on that. You know, here is a biblical promise that no plague will come near your home. And I was telling my daughter that, and she said, well, what am I supposed to do? Just, just sit at home all day? Well, look at the very next verse, and this is why... I included it, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. So here's my point. God will protect you from coronavirus, both at your home and anywhere else you may be. And so let's just focus on the fact that this is an Old Testament promise. Now, the difference between Old Testament promises and, and how they apply to us in Christ in the New Testament, or the difference between Old Testament and New Testament promises is very important, but it's actually very easy to understand. Every single Old Testament promise was earned, because back in the Old Testament, they, they really had to earn it, or they had to meet some conditions. Every single Old Testament promise was earned by Jesus Christ. He earned them. He was perfect. He did everything right. He earned them all. And when we accept Jesus Christ, we receive Jesus's perfection. We, we come into the reality that he earned all of God's promises for us. So whenever you read an Old Testament promise, including the one that says no plague will come near your house, Jesus earned that for you. And when you accept Jesus, you come into that as well. And that can become your reality. So when I read an Old Testament promise, no plague will come near your dwelling. Thank you, Father. That promise is, is mine. The Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. So whether it's a financial promise, a family promise, you know, for example, great shall be the peace of thy children. Whether it's a physical promise, you know, the Bible talks about how the, the God calls himself the Lord who heals us. All of those promises are fully and freely available to us as Christians by faith. 
So that's the starting point when we really understand we have biblical promises that no plague will come near our dwelling. Now, I was talking to somebody the other day and she said, you know, you better you better get the anointing oil out and, and you know, put the oil all over your house and stuff like that. And look, I mean, this person meant well. And hey, and, you know, maybe there's something to be said for, for putting oil, anointing oil all over your house. You know, I don't really see that in the Bible, but, you know, people talk about it online. But look, that's not necessarily a biblical approach to coronavirus. What is a biblical approach is understanding the promises of God that he will keep us safe. He will keep us free. No plague will come nigh our dwelling. But now let's take a real practical approach to to how we have this immunity and what we can do about any sickness that might come near our lives. And so we're going to look at one of the miracles of Jesus for just a moment here. Now, this is Luke chapter seven, verse one. When Jesus had finished saying all of this, he was teaching to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, Don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I am not even worthy to come and meet you. So this is the centurion saying, Jesus, don't even bother coming to my house. He says, just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. Now, here's the key part. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say to one, go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, right? This amazed Jesus. How many times did Jesus get amazed? Turning to the crowds that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. Here's the point. This centurion understood that Jesus had authority over every sickness and disease. And he also understood, remember, because Jesus starts talking about his faith. He understood the relationship between the power of God and this authority. And what Jesus is teaching us here is that one of the great keys to faith, one of the great keys to seeing healing in our lives is authority, all right? Now, there are fundamentally two ways the power of God flows with healing. There's authority and there's power. Now, in the New Testament, as you read it, you see, you know, most people just see the power of God, the power of God, the power of God. But what we don't see is that in the Greek, there are two words. There's the word exousia, which is legal jurisdiction or a legal authority, And there's the word dunamis, which is more of a a true miracle, physical power. When Jesus laid hands on people and they were miraculously restored, that was the dunamis power of God going forth. In other circumstances where Jesus just spoke the word and someone was healed or he rebuked the fever out of uh, Peter's mother-in-law, for example, that was an exercise of exousia. Exousia, the legal right over sickness and disease that Jesus had. Now, good news is, as Christians, we have both. We have very clear verses that we have been we have received both the exousia and the dunamis. But we're going to focus on the exousia a little bit today. Now, because look, in Matthew chapter ten, look at this. This is Matthew chapter ten, verse one. 
Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. So we see Jesus using his exousia to heal the centurion slave. And now we see that Jesus delegated that same authority to his disciples. Now, if you if you read, if you read in Matthew, if you read in Luke, he delegated that authority to 84 different people in the Bible. The book of Luke is very clear. 84 different people participated in the miracle and healing deliverance ministry of Jesus Christ in the Bible. And that's the exact same ministry that we are supposed to carry on today. And the Bible is very clear that that same authority that Jesus delegated to 84 people in the book of Luke and throughout the Bible and was obviously delegated to the early church after Jesus went back to heaven and they kept flowing in the healing and miracle ministry of God, that same exousia, that same power, that same authority still flows in our lives today. Look at, look at this next verse. This is Luke chapter 10. This is another statement of Jesus to the, eight, uh, to the 72 that were given the, uh, the authority to heal. He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Other translations say nothing will by any means hurt you. So let's put this idea together because here I am. I live in Tampa, Florida, right? And there's coronaviruses everywhere and they're canceling events at schools and things like that. I'm not the slightest bit scared that coronavirus might attack my body or attack my kids or come in my house. Why? First of all, I have a biblical promise that no plague will come near my dwelling and I will be protected by God and his angels wherever I go. So I say, Lord, I receive that promise. I thank you for that promise. And I add my faith to it. How do I add my faith to it? I take it. I say, thank you, Father. I believe the word of God, which says no plague will come near my dwelling. I believe it. I receive it. It's mine in Jesus name. And that settles it. The Bible says, as I believe it, and that settles it. So step one, I put my faith in the promises of God. Step two, I go out and I take my authority over coronavirus. So this is what we did at our house. We didn't anoint all the doors with oil. We didn't, you know, take the oil and put it all around the house. Look, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to bring down that, bring people down who've done that. I'm just saying, what does the Bible say we should do? Here's what I do. I've got my wife. And in Jesus' name, and I'll speak this over every one of you right now, anybody who watches this podcast, whatever. In Jesus' name, using the exousia authority of God that's been delegated to me by Jesus, I take authority over coronavirus. Now, I don't speak to God about coronavirus. I speak directly to coronavirus. Coronavirus, because sickness and disease is a spiritual thing. I Coronavirus, in Jesus' name, I take authority over you. I forbid you from attacking me. I forbid you from attacking my family. I forbid you from attacking my friends. I forbid you from attacking anybody who, who's under the sound of my voice, who sees this video, who hears this podcast, whatever. I forbid you from coming against them in Jesus' name. I bind you. I break you in Jesus' name. And I declare that you will have no influence, no impact, no, no negative effects of any kind on any of our lives. In Jesus' name. 
And now, now I believe, I believe because I'm doing exactly what the word of God says to do. I'm not doing what somebody else said, what, what I thought up, what I thought might be a good idea. I'm taking authority over. He says, remember, Matthew 10, Jesus called his 12 disciples and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. I'm taking my authority over coronavirus, and this will absolutely apply to any other virus that might be out there. I, I'm taking my God-given authority over coronavirus, and I'm forbidding it from coming to my house, from attacking my body, from attacking my family, my friends, and so on. Okay? So in the spiritual realm, that's how I fight. I fight based on the Word of God and what the Word of God tells me to do. But now what about the natural realm? What if they're going to have a sporting event and my kids want to go or something like that? I've taken authority over the coronavirus. I refuse to live in fear. No plague will come nigh my dwelling. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Absolutely, I am totally fearless from coronavirus. I'm immune and, and totally impervious to any sickness and disease, as are my children. But what am I going to do when I've got a sporting event down the street or there's, a, there's some sort of event or I have a travel plan, okay? First and foremost, I want to be wise. Yes, I am totally immune to sickness and disease, uh, I'm not going to go crazy about washing my hands. I'm not going to you know, spray Lysol all over my face or wear a hazmat suit. I'm not going to do any of that, but I'm going to take simple wisdom. I'm going to wash my hands, right? If someone's sick, I'm not going to go expose myself to them necessarily. I'm not going to go hugs and kisses with some kid who's coughing or hacking up or whatever down the street. You know what I am going to do? I'm going to go take authority over whatever might be bothering that person, bind it, rebuke it, command it off of their life. But I'm not going to be scared. Okay, I'm going to be wise, but I'm not going to be fearful. So I'm going to go about my daily life, right? If an event's canceled, it's canceled. What are you going to do about it, right? There's nothing you can do. But I'm going to continue to live my life fearless of any virus because of what the Bible says. And I want to be out there. I want to be out in the crowds so I can pray for others who might not know this. So I can share these truths with others who might not understand that God's word promises total immunity from sickness or disease. That God's will for every single person is healing and divine health 100% of the time. Look, I understand a lot of people believe that God causes sickness and disease in our lives for a variety of reasons. That's totally wrong. It's totally unbiblical. God never causes anybody to be sick. He never wants anybody to be sick. He calls himself Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals us. He will never make you sick. You know, I heard one man say it like this, that, that the devil does only bad all the time and God does only good all the time, and they never switch jobs, all right? The devil's the one that came to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus is the one who came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. The God, the God of the Bible, is never going to make you sick. Absolutely. Not to teach you a lesson, not to draw you close to him, not for any of these other unbiblical reasons that people create when sickness or disease comes in their life. If you got sick, it's very simple. We live in a fallen world and there's stuff out there or the devil attacked you. 
What you need to do is you need to go to the Word of God. You need to look at what the Bible says about your authority over sickness and disease. You need to take that authority. You need to rebuke that thing. Get that off of you, right? And if you've got anything going on, feel free to message me, call me. We can pray. We can discuss it at length. I got an hour-long teaching I did on this. But the bottom line is God wants you well. So again, I go through life. Something gets canceled, no big deal. But I'm going to continue to live my life in faith, in God's word, that I am healed, that I'm immune, no plague will come nigh my dwelling, and that I have authority over every sickness and every disease. Now, what about what about travel plans, right? I mean, you know, I don't mean to be simplistic here, and I realize this is easier said than done. I mean, for example, we got some friends right now that are looking at an international vacation. I'm scheduled to go to Haiti in a few weeks. I want to be there. We're going to be there during Passover. We're going to talk to the kids about Jesus and Easter. I want to do all of those things, right? But I also don't want to get stuck in quarantine. Sure, not in Haiti. That'd be horrible. That'd be the worst, right? I mean, if you've been to the airport in Haiti, they don't even have a Coke machine. And it's hot. It's crazy hot. I, I could I could go on all day. It's bad. It's really bad. You don't want to spend any additional time at that airport. I've been to Haiti seven times. I do not want to get quarantined in Haiti. I sure don't want to get quarantined in Miami. I don't want to get quarantined anywhere. So so I need to be wise because the Bible doesn't promise me that I can just skirt the laws of man. The Bible doesn't say that you should you know avoid the quarantine laws or travel to places the government is saying you shouldn't travel to. I mean, we just had a friend book, you know, really this, this guy's kind of lifelong dream to go to Japan and another friend was going to run in the Tokyo Marathon. They had to cancel these trips. I mean, that's tragic. That's terrible. But look, that's the wise thing to do. Not because you're scared. Not because you, you believe that you might get attacked by the virus. No, you have complete and total biblical, God-given, Jesus-provided, delegated authority over those things. You will always have those rights. We got to just st- walk in faith for the divine health that the Bible promises. But I function in the world as an American citizen. I am sub- subjected to their laws. I submit to to what the the basically the overall governmental plan is, the governmental action plan. If they say don't travel somewhere, I'm not going to travel and I'm going to obey the law. That's simple. Now for discretionary matters, look, I can hop on a plane to Haiti right now, right? I have the right to do that, but I'm going to seek the Lord. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to spend an extra few minutes at least in prayer about my plan for next week, about my plan for Haiti, about these things that I'm planning on doing. I'm going to seek the Lord because I don't want to end up in a bad situation, not sickness and disease, but some sort of quarantine or other situation that the government imposed because God's never going to tell me to go break the law. God's never going to tell me to openly rebel against the government or do so. I know people think that God tells them to do stuff like that from time to time. That's unbiblical. That's all there is. Uh, The Bible says, obey every law of man as unto the Lord. So back to my point about Haiti. Look, I'm going to spend some time with the Lord about that one, you know, and I know the people I'm going with are too. We're going to really seek the Lord's wisdom about whether that's the right thing. But guys, I've been, uh, I've gone a little long-winded here. If you just uh, tuned in, I, I really encourage you to look at the beginning of this video just because we covered a few verses. But I just want to reiterate because I, I want to make this message known loud, loud and clear because much of the body of Christ doesn't understand this. God will never, ever make you sick. God never, ever wants you to be sick. Not for any reason. God's will for your life 
is healing and divine health 100% of the time. And anything else, any other doctrine, any other teaching, any other belief, I don't care what anybody else went through. That's wrong. And look, and we, we have compassion and sympathy and love, but God doesn't make people sick. That's a lie from the pit of hell. With respect to the virus du jour, whether it's swine flu, bird flu, coronavirus, whatever it is, I have the exousia legal jurisdiction of God delegated to me to take authority over that sickness and disease. And that's what I'm going to do. I take authority over coronavirus. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I command it to stay away from me and my house and my friends and my kids. And then I rest in faith knowing that I'm doing exactly what the Bible tells me to do. Remember Mark chapter 11. You speak to the mountain and it will be removed. Remember uh, when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, he rebuked the fever and the fever left her. We speak directly to whatever it is. Jesus is the name above every name. I speak directly to coronavirus. I speak directly to cancer. I speak directly to whatever it may be that's out there. And in the name of Jesus, I take my God-given authority over that thing. That's exactly what we should be doing. And then I'm fearless about it, knowing I'm walking in the light of the Word of God, knowing I'm uh, doing what the Word says to do, but I'm also wise. And I'm constantly checking with the Lord, especially if I have any big plans, travel plans, uh, plans to go to large events, something like that. I'm constantly checking with the Lord, not out of a sense of fear or worry, just out of a sense of wisdom that He is my Father, that He knows where I'm at, He knows the best for me. God, what should I be doing about this? Where should I go? Should I go here? Should I go to Haiti? Should I go? We're supposed to go to Miami next week. Should I go to Miami? Father, you know, and then and then what I do? Colossians. Let the peace of God reign as an umpire, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the peace that God wants to lead you with on a, a constant basis. God, should I go to Haiti? God, should I go to Miami? How do I feel in my heart right now? Maybe God says, you know, you don't go down there. You're not, God's not going to say you're going to get sick. No, he would never say that. No, don't go down there because you know what? They got problems in Haiti or they're about to have problems in Haiti or there's a quarantine or whatever. God knows what we don't know. God can see what we can't see. That's why we have to trust him and we have to listen, especially in times like this when we need to make wise decisions. But make no mistake, no plague will come nigh your dwelling. God has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, to, to, to protect you wherever you go. That's Psalms 91. Read these verses. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Just Google biblical verses on healing and you will see numerous promises of God for the, your physical health. As you read those verses, as you study those verses, your faith will rise, your faith will grow, and you'll stand strong against anything that would try to hurt you because the Bible promises nothing shall by any means hurt, by any means hurt you, and that includes coronavirus. Guys, God bless you. I love you, and I just want to reiterate, if you're going through anything physical in your life, feel free to message me, call me, get in touch with me one way or another. I'd love to stand with you. I'd love to share with you some materials. And I'd love to pray with you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.